0: Dodgers Nation. D-Mac here. Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show after the Dodgers lose again. They drop 2-3 of to the New York Mets. They're back down to under 500. they They're at 9-10 and on the season. So much to get into. Really an emergency post-game show. Max Scherzer gets ejected from the game. We'll see what he has to say. Scott Boris had some comments. I've got a breakdown for the Max Scherzer ejection coming out a little later. This bullpen, they continue to struggle in key spots. Yancy Almonte. He did not get the job done once again. Vesia looked a little better. Give credit to Noah Syndergaard. He gave this team a chance to win. Made one mistake to Nimmo on the changeup, but still no run support for Thor. And we're going to talk about Miguel Vargas too. Do the Dodgers need to look at some other options for Miguel Vargas? For me, I have some thoughts on that. If you look at some of his at-bats today, some of the quality of contact, and is he being bothered by that thumb, by the thumb injury? Is that impacting Swing because look, this Dodgers offense three for 19 with hitters five through nine in that Dodgers lineup just not getting it done and yeah this team they just continue to struggle I'm telling you this bullpen it needs to be fixed Andrew Friedman does not have the cheat code anymore when it comes to this bullpen but we're going to discuss all of that and let me know down below what is the biggest reason why the Dodgers lost this game and what is your biggest concern and are you starting to lose faith in Miguel Vargas are you looking to sell that Miguel Vargas stock because if you are I will gladly pick that up but let's jump back into the comment section here also let me know where you represent Dodgers nation from and I'm looking for that comment of the day the comment of the show and if I see that you're going to see one of these you win and if you give me a fire tag, you're going to see one of these fire tag. I'm looking for that Dodger dog of the night. You're going to see one of these. Dodger dog of the game. And also, if you say something a little sus, you're going to see one of these. Bruh. But let's get right into this comment section because this Dodgers team, they are looking mid. They are looking middle of the pack right now. Dodgers haven't been under 500 to end a season since that 2010 team that finished under 500. I think they were 80 and 82 and so far it just does not look good for the Dodgers. I think this team is a lot more talented and of course they still need to get Will Smith back. We're going to talk about Yanni Hernandez as well. The shortstop position Miguel Rojas headed to the IL. So not a lot of great news for your Los Angeles Dodgers, but I hear some of you saying that I don't want to do a show after a loss sometimes so we're definitely going to do shows after loss because sometimes those are my favorite shows because then we can really try to fix things and get to the bottom of where things are going south. But d mac you need you behind the dish that's from chris sargoy yeah of course it doesn't it's not a show that goes by it's a, tra- a tradition here where you guys say i am will smith i am him uh someone called me the uh, will Wordsmith the other day that was pretty funny, but here we go. Yeah, I mean, they need him back in the worst way. You don't want to rush him back. He's absolutely the Dodgers' most dependable hitter right there in the three hole. The good thing about the lineup right now is in his absence, the one guy that has stepped up is absolutely Mr. JD Martinez. And JD Martinez he goes one for three today, had an RBI, had a walk. Freddie Freeman. No hits today. Did have that walk to two strikeouts. But JD Martinez, if he can hit like this when Will Smith returns, I'm confident in the middle of that lineup, it's the five through nine. I know you guys have seen the meme that has that horse, and the front of the horse is that perfectly drawn horse. It's like done from an artist. And in the last half of the horse, it looks like it's done by a kindergartner. Well, the bottom half of this lineup, it looks like that back of the horse. Because yesterday, they go 0 for 13. Today, 3 of 19. Peralta was able to get a home run later, but still. Still just not doing enough, not taking advantage of opportunities. And you have Max Scherzer on the ropes early in that game. Base is loaded, and you just weren't able to capitalize. The Dodgers, they go two for seven with runners in scoring position. You had Scherzer on the knockout blow. I also, what's your takes on Max Scherzer? Do you think he was using a foreign substance? Me, I think maybe. was. Did he touch Joe Mus- Musgrove's ear or something like that? Because, yeah, it was very interesting. And like I said, it got a breakdown coming with that. I just wanted to get Scherzer's takes and quotes after the game. But here we go. Please fix the pen, please. That's from Dodger Richie G. Yeah, the Dodgers bullpen, they've been middle of the pack all season. Strikeout numbers have been down. You're seeing the BABIP is higher. We're going to talk about that in a second, but let's do some more. Uh, Joe Mama says Rob Van has more balls than Dave. Yeah, very interesting to see a hitting coach get rung get uh, tossed like that and look I mean this strike zone has been inconsistent you're seeing balls that are right on the edge I mean so James Altman there to end the game really the low of uh, the low part of the zone is where they've really been getting hosed as of late I mean you saw Sunday he's three bad calls by Sean Barber today though I mean it's tough to blame this game on the umpires when you have those opportunities and you're just not putting together good at bats you're missing pitches that are very hittable you saw Jason Hayward he pops up, you saw Vargas he pops up, and look I mean, these are opportunities that good teams they capitalize on, unfortunately the Dodgers, they just weren't able to do that today, but we got uh, please fix the pen, how would you guys fix the pen who do you want to see him go after, I have some thoughts on that in just a second, but really my whole take generally on this bullpen is is that, look, I mean there's just not a lot of investment in this bullpen, I mean, if you look at if you look at the way that it's constructed, there's a lot of reclamation projects. Yancey Almonte, he was fantastic at a 102 ERA last year. One of the big, one of the big reclamation projects that was a success story for the Dodgers. This year, it's a different story. And you have to remember this: what are bullpen pieces? What are relievers? They are failed starting pitchers. Each of them, at one point, was a starting pitcher throughout their career. I and mean, sometimes you get a Kenley Jansen who was a catcher at one point, then he becomes a reliever. But for the most part, all these guys are failed starters. So with that, the reason why they are failed starters is either they have delivery issues, they have ability inability to replicate those deliveries. So yeah, I mean, you're going to have volatile bullpen pieces and unfortunately, it happens from year to year. And so far, I mean, Alex vesey has been inconsistent, I thought he had a pretty nice showing today, but Yancy Almonte on the year, he continues to not look like the guy that was really one of the breakout stars of that dog bullpen last year. I mean, Yancy Almonte in today's game, he just, I mean, you guys know, I call him Yancy Almonte. Well, not today. I mean, he goes a third of an inning allows one run on two hits. And yeah, I mean, it's the hits. I mean, they are hitting him on pitches in the zone. He's missing his spots. And yeah, I think with Yensi Almonte, he was supposed to be one of the better high leverage relievers for the Dodgers. And if you look at that eighth inning there with, uh, if you look at the eighth inning with, with Yancy Almonte, you were hoping that I mean, he goes in there. I mean, first pitch to first pitch to Lindor. I mean, you just look at that sweeper. I mean, it is middle, middle, heart of the plate. And Lindor, he doesn't miss it. Then Alonzo, he singles to center on the second pitch. And yeah, that sinker, you just look at him, he's leaving it out over the heart of the plate. And that is a recipe for disaster against a potent lineup with talented hitters like the New York Mets. But yeah, we're going to talk about the bullpen more, talk about this game, talk about Max Scherzer. I want all your takes. If you haven't yet, by the way, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, you really want to support the channel, even if you win or you lose, smash that like button. Remember, this is your show. I'm just hosting it. Here to get your takes on all things Dodger baseball and breakdown. This team that we love, but puts us through a lot of heartache and frustration and gives us headaches sometimes. But so Max Cheetzer, that's from Andrew McDaniels. That's a fire take. Fire that's take. a fire take right there. Lloyd Mitchell, big update T-Nation, Long Beach, California, and Tempe, Arizona here. Vargas got to go. That's from Tamed Tiger. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Miguel Vargas? I mean, Miguel Vargas... He's supposed to be the guy for the Dodgers, that big up-and-coming prospect that, look, I mean, his bat-to-ball skills, very impressive. I think defensively, if you look at his metrics, he's had some occasional mishaps, but for the most part, he has been rangy enough to play that position. Last night, he had a highlight play where he timed that jump well and got that double play, but Miguel Vargas on the season after today, he's hitting 191 with a 658 OPS 9 for 47. The walks are nice. I mean, second behind Max Muncie with 14 walks on base percentage at 381, slugging 277. So, a couple of thoughts on Miguel Vargas. And we're going to go take a look at his at-bats here today. But a couple things you need to know is he's had some pretty bad luck so far this season. I mean, if you look at... Some of his predictive stats, his expected batting average is at 271. His expected slug is 439, and he has a 250 batting average on balls in play. League average is 300, so he's 50% below league average. So that indicates that he has had some bad luck. But still, I mean, at the end of the day, you have to produce and you have to get results. I think it's a combination of factors because he has struggled against big league spin, but he's also missing fastballs. I mean, you saw him miss fastballs that we saw him hit last year and I think from a bat speed perspective that bat speed has definitely taken a little hit with that thumb injury he does not look as comfortable there in the box and yeah he had a massive opportunity there in the bottom of the first inning James Outman goes up there does a nice job 1-1 pitch he singles on a four seam fastball to right and then Freddie Freeman he pops it short for the first out and then JD Martinez he has been struggling with strikeouts up until this series well he's seeing the ball a lot better taking his walks finding pitches pitches that he can crush especially heaters and he ends up on the seventh pitch taking a changeup inside for ball four, so Dodgers have runners on first and second with one out, and then Max Muncy, great at-bat by Muncy there, starts behind 0-2 in the count, then works a, f- a seven-pitch walk, takes a four-seam fastball inside, and great job by Muncy there, loads the bases, and then it's that middle that middle to the bottom of the order They just can't come through once again. Jason Hayward, he gets ahead in the count 2-0, then takes a fast ball looking another fastball that he fouls off that he just missed that's a pitch that we need to see the hitters in this part of the lineup crush and get base hits on and come through but in that situation he fouls it off and then on the 2-2 a a strike swinging on a cutter low in the zone even that was kind of middle middle but Hayward just missed it 88 mile per hour cutter so nice job by by scherzer we saw him doing that who called a max cheeser i kind of like that um We saw him do that when he was in Dodger Blue where you saw him speed up hitters just to go with that cutter in the bottom of the zone. And then with two out bases loaded, you have Max Scherzer on the ropes. You can go for the knockout blow. Go for that jugular. You can just absolutely take control of this game. And on an 0-1 pitch... Miguel Vargas, he grounded into that fielder's choice to third. They get Muncie out at second. But if you look at that hit right there, it was 94.7 miles per hour off the bat, a four eighty expected batting average. So to my point, originally, Miguel Vargas has had some bad luck. But, I mean, do you guys want to see Michael Bush get an opportunity? Because Michael Bush, he's been absolutely raking down at the minor league level. I think – That if that is going to be something that you want to consider doing, I mean... I, that to me is it doesn't reek of desperation, but I think if you wanted to go that route, it would have to be something where you go to Miguel Vargas and you kind of get to the bottom of is your thumb impacting your swing? Are you at 100 percent? How close to are you to being at 100 percent? If the answer is no, and you think you could benefit from maybe trying to take a little time off and getting 100 percent healthy and getting that swing right, then maybe there's a way from an optic standpoint where you say, okay, we're having Michael Bush up from that standpoint but if you were doing it to say oh we're gonna bench Miguel Vargas after not even 50 at bats I mean 50 plate appearances I just don't think that's gonna sit well with him or this organization that really believes that he's gonna be a key member of this core for years to come but uh, what are your thoughts on Miguel Vargas got some more coming up we'll break down more of his at bats a little later I mean if you look at Mickey at Miggy Varg on today's game I mean, he was able to, if you look at, uh, he, was, he was able to, he goes one for one 1-4-4, for and yeah, I mean, it's not like he's not getting hits, and look, if people forget, I mean, he's the one who laced that double last Saturday that really got David Peralta an opportunity to hit that walk-off shot, and you saw him score from second, and his slide into home plate was fantastic, so he brings other tools to the game, and I think it's just premature to sell on Miguel Vargas, especially when you look at his numbers that indicate, I know that's what the organization is thinking too. They have their analytics, guys, and they know that hopefully things will balance out, and Miguel Vargas will be able to be on the right side of luck in the future. But here we go. Bush got to come up from Tame Tiger. We got games ending on a bad strike three call, will make me rip my hair out. That's from Haley Mott. You're going to get a fire take. Yeah, I mean, it's been a common theme with this Dodgers team for the start of this season. I mean, Sunday was absolutely infuriating for me. Like I said, I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't know if he had to take a league, Mr. Sean. I should have been a barber. I don't know if he had early reservations to the Palm, if he's an NBA fan, wanted to catch the playoffs, or he had the Cubs plus one, or there was wheels on the home plate. I don't know what it was, but you had to see three bad strikes. I mean, the Peralta one was close, but the other ones were definitely egregious. When you Hayward's was a essentially ball five, and then hit Freddie Freeman, that's low in the zone for an MVP, count, uh, MVP winning player, a superstar, so yeah, I mean, look, but we can't blame this on the umps, because look, at the end of the day, you had opportunities, you go two for seven with runners in scoring position, you weren't able to capitalize early, I mean, you were gifted a Max Scherzer suspension, because Scherzer, he was rolling, he was rolling after basically that first inning he really settled down and I think the Dodgers they're going to regret they're going to look back and say okay the at-bats from Hayward and the at-bats from Vargas and like I said Vargas, there's a good chance that could have fallen for a hit in a lot of cases, but still, I mean, after, I mean, Scherzer had really, really settled down after after what happened there in the first inning where he just didn't have his best command. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to look back in that first inning and say, okay, that was a death blow, but still, I mean, this team is a team that's capable of putting together better at-bats, but the bullpen just continues to struggle, and yeah, no late heroics in today's game, and then we're going to talk about late that one with Shelby Miller, who Shelby Miller was one of the big reclamation projects this year, and he wasn't able to come through. I mean, the Dodgers were right there within striking distance, and Shelby Miller, he comes in there to pitch the top of the ninth, and they get two runs on two hits. So that a double, I mean, if you look at that slider, that slider, I mean, that's right down Broadway, leaving pitches out over the middle of the plate. And the Dodgers, they're just struggling to have guys that can come out there and miss bats and dominate hitters. And if you even saw the single to Nimmo on the 2-2 count, it was a four-seam fastball that he left center cut, middle in. So, yeah, the command with these, with all these bullpen pieces, just, they've been off generally across the board. I think Dark Gratterall is training in the right direction. But, yeah, to expect guys like Shelby Miller, to expect guys like like Yancy Almonte, guys that really were kind of one-hit wonders, and Shelby Miller really had never had sustained success at the big league level. To expect them to be key pieces for this bullpen, it's just unrealistic. You don't open your refrigerator and get out a bunch of leftovers and expect to make a Michelin star meal. No, that is not going to happen, and for many years, this Dodgers team, they have had the cheat code. If you look at the Dodgers' Babbitt against in two, from 2015 to 2022, is at 271. That was the lowest in the league. They had the lowest opponent's batting average in the league, and a lot of that had to do with, one, talented pitching that induced soft contact, but also putting their defense in optimal positions to get key outs. Well, now it's a level playing field, and at this point, Friedman's either going to try to to use some prospects to get some bullpen pieces, or in the offseason, invest more in the bullpen, but the days of the Dodgers fixing all these reclamation projects and getting all these guys like Evan Phillips to come out there and dominate, I think they're in the past. I think Alex Ray is is a guy that can come back and have success. He's talented. J.P. Fireisen is a guy I'm very high on as well. But moving forward, those guys are going to get picked up. Guys that can miss bats. Guys that can get strikeouts. They are going to be at a premium. And look how much Chris Barn got with the Red Sox last season. Look how much guys are getting on the free market because Teams out there know that this game that you love in Major League Baseball last year starting pitchers, they're averaging a little over five innings per start. It's increasingly becoming a bullpen game, especially in the postseason. And big time relievers are going to get big money, and the Dodgers are going to realize that. So, like I said on the show on Monday, it feels like the Dodgers are a Blackberry living in an iPhone world and that they're like Snapchat. I mean, they're kind of, yeah, they were cool once and they had figured things out, but then TikTok came along and all these new apps and you have to adapt with the times. What does Brad Pitt say? What does Billy Bean say in Moneyball? Adapt or die. The Dodgers, they need to adapt, and we'll see. But the DMAC for managers from Daniel Macy. What up, Daniel Macy? Hope for split versus the Cubs. That's from pound for pound. Yeah, I had the Dodgers going, I think, four and three this week. Nick Lopez, it's April. We have key pieces coming back in the next month or two. Friedman will make moves at the trade deadline. That is from Nick Lopez. I like that. And that'll go down as my Mitch of half full take of the day. And look, that really kind of has been something that I have been saying too. I mean, look, I've said that since the Gavin Lux injury, this Dodgers team they were going to have to be in self-evaluation mode in assessing the kind of talent that they had. But what do what do they always say? You can't win the division in April you certainly can lose the division in April and thankfully for the Dodgers the Padres have been for the most part a tire fire offensively i mean Juan Soto's not playing well their lineup really isn't getting it done so yeah i mean the Diamondbacks will they sustain that winning probably not so yeah the Dodgers have thankfully thankfully been in a division that has been one of the middling divisions in all of major league baseball so yeah thankfully that uh, Padres didn't get off to a hot start but still if you look at the schedule though I mean hopefully they get these guys back sooner than later and we're going to talk about the shortstop position because I have some thoughts on that and I want your thoughts on that as well but if you look at this this Dodgers This Dodgers schedule, they go and they play the Cubs for four games. It's never easy. It's cold. The Cubs play well against the Dodgers in L.A. You play the Pirates on the road, and then you host the Cardinals for three games at the end of April. But if you look at that schedule in May, three at home against the Phillies, three on the road against the Padres, three on the road against the Brewers, three at home against the Padres, three at home versus the Twins, four on the road against the Cardinals, three on the road against the Braves, three on the road against the the Rays, and then three at home against the Nationals. That is a difficult May schedule for the Dodgers, so they're going to have to get healthy, and you're not going to get Daniel Hudson. I mean, after what happened yesterday with the roster moves, and Luke Williams, they selected his contract. They transferred Daniel Hudson there to the 60-day IL. The soon as he can return is May 29th. So, and even then, can you expect him to come back and be a high-leverage reliever right from the get-go? So, yeah. I mean, another thing I want to consider too is, yeah. I mean, I want your takes on the. Let me get your thoughts on the Michael Bush idea, and then we'll keep break breaking down this game. But Trident and Hudson not being there are killing them. And I expected better from Dar by now. That's from Billy Nicholas. I mean, look. Bruce Dark I mean... You have to give him some credit. I mean, Bruce Dar Gratterall has actually looked a lot better of late. You're seeing him use that slider. You're seeing him use that four seam fastball up in the zone. And since Bruce Dar gave up those two runs on the road against the Diamondbacks on April 8th, he's been fantastic. I mean, he hasn't allowed a run. He's had, I mean, last start last night, he goes an inning against the Mets in the 5 0 win, two punch outs, no hits, no runs. Sunday against the Cubs in that loss, three strikeouts in an inning in the third just one hit allowed. Before that on Friday he goes one inning of scoreless no hit ball and he gets one punch out. So you're starting to see a little more swing and miss. You're starting to see the confidence building in that slider and him finding another pitch to keep hitters off balance and I think actually Bruzar Graterol. I'm not saying he's greater all or anything like that but I think he's trending in the right direction I'm confident but uh, uh, Mike is crackling a bit. It's clipping is it? Let's see. Um, really interesting. Let me, let me check my mic. It seems, seems pretty good, but, uh, let guys. We got, uh, they should rest Vargas. They should rest Vargas a bit. This, his thumb is still bothering him. That's from LBC Gill 205. I mean, look, it's something that I think even if he, even if he does kind of start to to feel better, I think maybe they might consider doing it. You got a fire take from Andrew? Yeah, of course you did, my man, uh, for your Max Cheatzer. Uh, Anthony Keen, I think Vargas is dealing with an injury. So, yeah, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that, yes, there's an injury, but also if you look at some of the underlying numbers, they do indicate that things should helpfully turn around for him. But uh, we got, I'm not feeling this team at all I don't know how anybody could get excited for this ball club that's from Gary a Roy Estrada bets at shortstop Muncie at second base Luke or Bush at third base so that is from that is from Roy Estrada bets at shortstop so yeah kind of my thoughts on kind of my thoughts on on Mookie bets at the shortstop spot is look I mean they're in a position now where If you look at that shortstop position, I mean, we're already, we're in the middle of April. We're in the middle of April and we're talking about, we're talking about, Yanni Hernandez, we're talking about Luke Williams. And Luke Williams, yeah, he was uh, he was absolutely raking at the minor league level, an 1151 OPS, but he struggled. I mean, he had an OPS under 600 in, during spring training. He's played four games at shortstop in two years of big league action. So, yeah, I think it's kind of unrealistic to think that he's going to come up and have success. He hasn't looked great at the plate yet. And then you look at... Yanni Hernandez and his one at bat today didn't do very much I mean it's nice to see him get his little start there but still I mean he, he's not doing very much there and then you look at look I mean you look at Miguel Rojas and it's pretty interesting because if you guys watch the show if you watch the show right after the Gavin Lux injury I said it's unrealistic it's on un- it, you're not going to expect it's, look, Lakers are playing today of course right Lakers going to probably take a commanding 2-0 lead against the Grizzlies hopefully you're not going to expect Weny and Gabriel to put up Anthony Davis-like numbers, right? You're not going to expect guys coming off that bench to contribute outside of what their capabilities are. And for the most part of his career, Miguel Rojas is 16% below league average. Now, in 2021, he hit 265. He had a 96 weighted runs created plus. So his batting average and his production at the plate was 4% below league average. You would take that and run with it if you could get it. Unfortunately, so far, this season Miguel Rojas one he's been banged up hamstring groin a lot of injuries piling up also if you look at his numbers Miguel Rojas he's slashing 125 200 156 with a 3 WRC plus so that means that Miguel Rojas his bat has been 97 percent below league average also supposed to be a defensive stalwart throughout his career he's been one of the better defensive shortstops in the game defensively his numbers numbers are down across the board. If you look at defensive runs saved, if you look at his range, so what he's supposed to hang his hat on defensively, he hasn't been great at. So, look, I think it just hasn't been a great situation for Miguel Rojas that was thrusted into a situation, into a role that he wasn't expected to play. Look, the Dodgers, they traded for Miguel Rojas to be an upgrade to Hanser Alberto, not as a dancer, not as a hype man, because we know that Hanser Alberto is great at that, but as a defender, Rojas is supposed as a hitter, I mean, he doesn't strike out very much, but he's not a guy that you can count on to be a plus bat. It just was never going to happen. So, of course, we're still talking about Mookie Betts at shortstop. I mean, look, Give me a simple yes or no. Do you guys like the idea of Mookie Betts playing shortstop? I really want to know from you guys because the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I think it is more than an intriguing possibility at this point. And I want to get your takes first. But uh, uh, Scherzer is suspended for 10 games. Is that true? Is that true, Eric? Uh, Max Cheater, we got He's Not 100%. That's, about, that's from LBC Gill05 talking about Miguel Vargas. Vargas needs time at AAA to figure things out. And that's from Roy Estrada. Yeah, this is the thing, though. I mean, look, I think for me if it's ever health related if it's something where the team and Miguel Vargas have a conversation and he just comes clean and says look I'm a guy who's tough and I'm willing to play through injury but this thumb is impacting my bat speed it's impacting my ability to get hard contact because look when we saw him last year look the thing about Miguel Vargas is his numbers weren't great when he came up last year but still you saw some more flashes you saw the home run against the Cardinals you saw his debut where he was able to Get that double in the gap, but then steal third against the San Francisco Giants. But what you saw from Miguel Ro- uh, Miguel Vargas. By the way, I don't know how, I have no idea how, but I still, even this far into the season, haven't gotten Miguel Vargas and Miguel Rojas mixed up. But uh, maybe I just did, I'm not really sure. But I'm pretty sure I have, I have not. But still, if you look at when he came up last year, it, in 18 games with the Dodgers, he had 170, had a 455 OPS. Only difference is his average exit velocity was over 92 miles per hour. So you could always count on him to hit the ball hard. And when you do that over the course of a 162-game season, if you can get close to 500, 500- plate appearances, you are going to bear the fruits of that hard contact. So, the point I'm trying to make about Miguel Vargas, though, is that would he benefit from going down if he was 100% healthy and he's facing AAA pitching because look he's raked against AAA pitching he's a guy that every level of minor league baseball he's at he's hit over 300 right he's had success at that level it's just a matter of I think for him sting breaking pitches more he's hitting 161 against breaking pitches at the big league level not hitting well against fastballs and I think if he gets a clean bill of health and it's not the thumb that's impacting him which I think it absolutely could be because I compared some of his swings from last year with this year you're just not seeing the same level of bat speed I mean Oral hurts point out a few days ago how you're kind of seeing his bat his hand placement a little higher up on the bat and yeah look anything like that can absolutely throw a hitter off but for Miguel Vargas I think if it is just going through these growing pains and facing big league hitting and pitching and trying to make it through these growing pains I still think it's worth it because like I said the numbers in 90 95% of the time these numbers that he's putting up are going to equate to better better uh, um, oh my mic is my mic's messed up I'm not really sure what's wrong with Mike. Let's see. I've had an issue all year dun, 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 dun. Let's see All right What's up with the infield singles the Dodgers fans need to boo this team. It's unacceptable. We never had a chance for Otani Let's see. Let's go down here Trade Walker, while we can. I don't know about that. We got uh, Doom underscore Sal. I'm all for bringing up Bush. Put him at second. Move Vargas to third. Also, bringing up Pajes to replace Hayward and bring up Fiducia Fiducia to replace Barnes. Doom underscore Sal. That's Doomsday Dodgers. You want a full, complete overhaul of this roster. And look, I think that's a little too early for that. I think Jason Hayward, of course, buddies with Freddie Freeman, has had some success. I have my doubts that he's going to put it together for an entire season, but kind of, uh, to be, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think some of these guys have talent. I think, yeah, we'll see what I think this year. Look, one way or the other, I think with Michael Bush, when you consider his age closer to 30 than 20, when you consider the success he's had down there, you either should trade him or play him. And I think it's kind of doing him a disservice. And I think to me, he's one of those guys that doesn't have a clear cut role on this team moving forward based on how they have laid out these different positions at this point. And if there's a scenario where they are going to go after some a big player, I mean, look at look at Giolito. He had a nice start yesterday. Tim Anderson is still out there. I still think there's a possibility for a non Otani blockbuster type move for this team. And Michael Bush is a guy that's going to be attractive for a lot of organizations out there. But one way or the other, I mean, what if you don't want to see a Paul Canerico situation, right, where you trade away? Well, Canerico at least has some big league experience Whereas Michael Bush, we still don't know what he is. And there's no guarantee. I mean, look at Luke Williams. He had 1151 OPS down there, and we'll see if is he's going to be able to rake. I mean, it's a very big difference between hitting at the minor league level versus hitting at the big league level. I mean, it is just night and day as far as the quality of pitching, the breaking balls. I mean, just go watch Bull Durham. We talk about exploding fastballs and things like that. It's a big difference. So, yeah, it's tough to assume that it's like the backup quarterback. It's like the backup quarterback theory. You always assume that the backup quarterback is going to be able to play better than the starter, and the backup quarterback benefits from the fact that you don't know how he would play you just think hey anything is a better option right you want that shiny new toy you want that you want that nintendo 64 right you want the the ps5 when the ps4 is pretty solid right i mean is it really time to go for that nice shiny new toy i think that there is a bigger move on the horizon and that's why you want to keep some of those prospects warm but d smack Dodgers haven't played 20 games and you are already crying that's from Robert Williams I'm not crying for sure you don't see me I'm not Freddie Freeman Atlanta last year okay I'm not crying at all I'm actually just being completely honest about this team that's what I always try to do on this show if you want a sunshine pumper if you want to look at some of the other media that made it seem like this team had no issues last year when I kind of warned that a possible NLDS was going to Happen, I mean, hey, go ahead. If you want the, if you want to be told the uh, the Dodgers' spin on the the current state of the team, by all means. For me, I'll just like I like to get to the bottom of things, even if it is a painful truth. But I still believe in this team. I still think. Look, I've been one of probably one of the more staunch defenders of this team based on some people on the internet that think this is a third place team or that this team won't do anything in the postseason or they won't win the division i still pick this team to win this division and i still think they have the capabilities of doing that because of the top end talent that they do have but somebody has to play shortstop better than what we currently have so, yeah, give me – so here's your takes on Mookie Betts playing shortstop for the Dodgers. So let me get that down below. Dave Roberts is going to have Mookie out of the bullpen next. Nando, that's a comment of the day. You that's a comment of the day. Yeah, I mean – Look, we got uh, Bruce, uh, waste our time watching this team. Circus Vargas is more like it. That's from B. Guzman. We win one, then lose two out of three. Yeah, two out of three. You lose against the Cubs. You lose two out of three against the Mets. I mean, that's not a good home stand at all. Anthony Keene, I'd rather they go get Anderson or actual short. By the way, let me know if my mic is, is fixed. Apparently, I don't know if there's like, something unplugged here, but... Let me know. I haven't had any issues with it all year. But uh, D, D, uh, we got um, dMac looks like Will Smith. I'm not Custer. Yeah, hey, this is a comment of the day. Uh, Vargas is playing. I, you know, I think for this show, uh, moving forward, I think what I'll do is I'll get a picture of me interviewing Will Smith, and I'll just kind of put it in the background just to prove we're not the same guy. <laughs> just playing, but uh, maybe I will. Uh, we got um, uh, Doug. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. oh is it really man Okay, here we go. Dave Roberts gave D-Mac that mic. That's from Nando. I can hear you, D-Mac. Uh, yeah, I'll find out what's going on with my mic. I mean, I haven't had any issues with it, but I definitely will look about it. Uh, Vargas for Ball Boy. Wow, that's a that's a finishing right there. Offense, please throw out the CBD oil and light. Uh, bring up my nephew. He's in T-ball. He's better than Rojas. That's a burn. That's a fire take. Fire take. Uh, Muncy too slow for third base and always out of position. Back coming around. That's from Roy Estrada. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the bright spots. I mean, it's absolutely one of the bright spots is the play of Max Muncy. So, yeah, that's definitely something you want to feel good about. You saw him drawing his walks today. You saw him hitting home runs this series. You saw him getting on base. And, yeah, I mean, if you look at the middle of this lineup, if Mookie can come back and Will Smith can come back, J.D. Martinez performing the way he is now. Freddie Freeman hit two home runs the other day. single yesterday. Didn't have his best day at the play today but still I mean overall this team if you look at Max Muncy like you just mentioned he's 7 for his last 22 with 4 home runs, 6 RBIs, hitting 3.18, slugging 864. So that's exactly what they need in the middle of that line. There's a hot take from Carl who says Ferguson for closer. Yeah, I mean Ferguson has Ferguson has absolutely looked I wouldn't say Ferguson for closer because I think the command issues at times When he starts to struggle, missing arm side high, you see if he doesn't have that breaking ball, that curve ball, yeah, sometimes he can get into some trouble. I don't think he has real closer stuff right now, but I don't have any issues saying that between him and Alex Vestia, it's getting close at the moment. I think Vesia is starting to kind of figure things out a little bit. I think he's another guy that I wouldn't be opposed to sending him down and really having him try to get uh, those reps and get back on track like he did last season, but still yeah, I don't know. I'm not really so sure about uh, about uh, Ferguson forecloser. Fire robbers from Carl. We got, who is your daddy Dodgers? It's the New York Mets. Jose Russ Browns. Really? Go ask Go ask Doc Gooden, right? I mean, go ask David Cohn. Go ask that team in 1988 that we weren't supposed to beat because we weren't supposed to beat the Mighty Mets. And the Dodgers, they did just that, and they went on to win the World Series. So last time I checked, the Dodgers, a more recent World Series than the Mets. Look, also, too, you wish you were the Dodgers, okay? Your field is based on Ebbets Field. The blue in your jerseys is based on the Brooklyn Dodgers. So don't come at us with that, okay? There's always been a nice level of respect for for this uh, this organization and and the New York Mets, but uh, yeah, so back to Mookie Betts in the shortstop position. Talk. Wait, well, here we go. Couldn't agree more, DMAC. They will make the playoffs from Doom underscore Sal. We got Will is Will Smith your brother, DMAC. Trade Thompson now from Carl. Well, I think when it comes to the Mike is good, bro. The volume. Uh, Okay, cool. Gotcha. It's allowed it crack. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's a volume or something. Yeah. I'll, oh, you know what? Yeah, let me lower the volume then. Yeah, guys. I've, I've never... Uh, oh, that's what it is. The volume. Okay, here we go. Yeah, there it is. Hello, hello, hello. There we go, though. Yeah, I've never been a guy that has had a great inside voice. As they say, you get thrown out at a library immediately. The security would have to escort me out. I would get ejected from the library like Max Scherzer got ejected today. But, yeah, Mookie Betts, he started 13 games in his minor league career. At the shortstop position, hasn't played shortstop in a game since 2012 for low A. So the last time he did in 2012 was for the Auburn Double Days. So that was on July 6th, 2012. We know he's played some second base. He came up as his shortstop. But I think today, Dave Roberts kind of shot down the idea of making Mookie a full time shortstop in that really it's about him being available when guys are injured with Miguel Rojas, who I just don't know what the expectation for Miguel Rojas should be moving forward. I absolutely think they should be recalibrated because, like I said, he has been prone to injuries. The bat has been 97% below league average. And I think if Mookie Betts wants to play shortstop, if he goes to the organization and says, hey, I want to play shortstop, I think I could help this team and try to improve this offense. Look, he ha- we know he has the arm for it. We know he has the... We know he has the the competitive fire to learn a new position. I mean, look, he didn't know how to play right field regularly, and he's a six-time Gold Glove Award-winning right fielder, and when I was at the stadium on Saturday for Saturday's game covering the Dodgers on Jackie Robinson Day, him and Miguel Vargas, they were taking extensive, they were taking a lot of ground balls at shortstop, doing extensive work there, and yeah, it was very interesting to see, and you guys tell me, did Mookie look like a shortstop to you? Here's the video. I mean, you see right there. Um, just, uh, let me, let me down, turn that down. If you see Mookie right there, I mean, there's him taking short. And, yeah, I think he looks pretty natural I mean but the thing is it's such a physically demanding position there is wear and tear and we know that this team they paid Mookie 365 million dollars to hit 35 home runs like he did last year and be a plus bat offensively I mean what if you put Mookie at shortstop takes away a lot of his focus I mean look anytime you learn something new it's going to take a little more bandwidth so that's a concern I have is what if you put him at that shortstop spot and you lose a little bit offensively because we know he can play right field in his sleep and one of the reasons why he does play second at times is so he can get further engaged so yeah here we go back to the comment section um yeah your thoughts uh damn roasted brian c trey's never been a power hitter he's a skimpy guy uh dodgers closers are killing us from ken gaffer but yeah i mean the bottom line is yanni hernandez i mean yanni hernandez i mean what uh what can you expect from him i mean he uh he played well at times in stretches during spring training. But, I mean, Yanni Hernandez, last year for the Arizona Diamondbacks, he played in 12 games, He hit 83, had a two thirty-seven OPS with two stolen bases. He is fast. He's just fast on the base, passing defensively. He's solid. 2021, 43 games with their Texas Rangers, 166 plate appearances. He had a five sixty-seven OPS, hit 217 five doubles in – In the 143 at bat So I mean can you expect very much from him And so I do think What what did uh, Plato say My man Plato he was like necessity is the mother of invention and the Dodgers if they want to try to bolster this lineup maybe Mookie Betts plays shortstop but I think we'll see how this lineup looks when Will Smith returns and maybe the bottom of that lineup starts to figure things out because one thing about having James Altman at leadoff is the bottom of that lineup suffers and we saw that in this in these last two games so maybe James Altman goes back there Miguel Vargas turns things around and maybe you don't need Mookie in the lineup you can still have a glove for a shortstop because there definitely is still a benefit of having a glove for a shortstop. But uh, T-Mac roast the Mets uh, Nando, 390. Yeah, L- yeah. I mean, come on, man. They're the LOL Mets for a reason. LOL Mets was trending today, okay? It's been zero days since the Mets LOL'd. Okay, and today was another prime example with Max Scherzer. Here we go. We got Robert D. Smack. I like that. I like the D. Smack. I don't know if it's, I don't know if he said yeah, Talk Smack. I'm not sure, but uh, leave Mookie in the outfield, protect the bat. We got to Swelling Sausage it says Gratterall for closer. Yeah, I mean, that's something that it's always felt like he was groomed to be. And I think if you can get his strikeout rate at least to 23, 24, 25%, maybe you do consider that. Because the thing with Bruce Dark graderall is he is very pitch to contact when you consider his arsenal and when you put the ball in play like teams are doing against the dodgers you're going to see it come back to bite you at some point i mean a closer guy that can slam the door shut and turn the lights out you want a guy that can miss bats and dominate but yeah that's really this team's problem i mean Like I said, today we kind of broke down the game. They just couldn't capitalize, couldn't put the ball in play when they needed to. First inning, Hayward, Vargas couldn't come through. You saw later in the game, Vargas couldn't come through once again. And yeah, this team, they did have their opportunities. Yancy Almonte, like we talked about, he did not get the job done. Shelby Miller did not get the job done. The Dodgers bullpen, they are middle of the pack at best. And yeah, it's going to be a struggle until guys get back and try to figure things out. So yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a very frustrating season so far, but uh, we'll get some more comments. and will let you guys enjoy the rest of your Wednesday afternoon, a uh, emergency episode with everything that went on. Like I said, one of the big stories today uh, that you need to know that's from a roster standpoint is Miguel Rojas was placed on the IO with a hamstring strain. So that's going to be very interesting. That is something that, yeah, the team just did not want that. I love uh, the. I, he also too. You know, he left the game yesterday with that that hamstring strain, and uh, yeah, I mean, the death of the Dodgers. It's just not good at all. It is not good at all. It's single ply toilet paper thin, and yeah, I mean, he's been battling left leg injuries all season. I mean, he was five games out of six and then seven with a mild groin strain and he did avoid that IL stint but then on April 12th against the Giants he left with that left hamstring cramp so even in games that he's played he's had to get out of those games and Chris Taylor who's played left who's played third who's also played some shortstop he left with that side injury that oblique injury and he's hoping to avoid an IL stint but it gave him some discomfort on that throw but yeah I mean if you look at both of them combined Rojas and Taylor. They've combined for nine hits in 72 at-bats with four of Taylor's being Home run, so four out of his five being home run. So Luke Williams, he was called up from Triple A on Tuesday. He took over for Rojas in those final four innings. He started at shortstop today, and yeah, if you look at Luke Williams, we'll see. We'll see if he can find lightning in a bottle. I mean, you root for the guy, you want him to do well. But I mean, we're talking about Major League Baseball. We're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers, the team that has had shortstops like Corey Seager and Trey Turner and the likes of just multi-talented all. All-Stars, some of the best in the game. Luke Williams, he goes over 3 today. And, yeah, he wasn't able to. Yeah, he goes over 3 today. And if you look at uh, offensively, yeah, I mean, he wasn't in any big spots. I mean, Miguel Vargas was the one. I mean, Miggy Vargas goes one for four with runners in scoring position. Jason Hayward over two with runners in scoring position. J.D. Martinez goes one for one with runners in scoring position. So, didn't have many opportunities today. And then, Yanni Hernandez who missed the last two weeks while he was on the injured list in AAA. He was activated yesterday. He returned on Tuesday night. He had one hit and one walk in his five plate appearances for OKC. He also plays third and also plays second base. So, we'll see what they can get out of those guys. But 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 it is not looking good. And just think, if Taylor does end up going on the I.L., We'll see, and we'll see who gets sent down between Williams and Hernandez when Betts comes back. So that's another question I have. But, uh, yep, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Dodgers Nation Post Game show. Thanks for rocking with us. Kind of just went emergency episode out here for you guys. But uh, let's see a couple more vests. He comes with bases empty, and Roberts waits until he loads the bases to take him out. That's from Roy Estrada. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about that, too. I mean, that's the thing about – that's the thing about – Alex Vesia this season is the command just has not been there. I mean, you're seeing him miss out over the plate. You're missing, seeing him miss arm side. And, and he's a guy that he just, Vesia has been a messia at times this season. And look, I mean, Justin Brule came in. He gave that, uh, I mean, Justin Brule, I think did a pretty solid job. I mean, sac- fam hit that sacrifice fly to make it three to one. And then he gets Beatty to ground out to second. So we didn't do terrible. But uh yeah, he also got McNeil to fly out there to third. And then, yeah, if you look at that that top of the seventh inning, Vogel um, Alex Vesia, he comes in there, strikes out he strikes out Um, He strikes out Vogelbach swinging, four-seam fastball, high inside corner. Then he walks Beatty on four pitches. I mean, he's missing all over the place. He's missing top of the zone, arm side, and four-pitch walk right there. Then he gives up the single on the first pitch to Alvarez, four-seam fastball, hard of the plate. Then Guillermo struck him out swinging on a 3-2 pitch with a pretty nice slider. And then on the 1-2 to Nimmo, he reached on an infield single. So, yeah, I mean, he comes in brings in Almonte, and then canna ground into that fielder's choice to third so he did a nice job coming in there but next inning Almonte gives him that double and that single but that's going to do it guys this team definitely needs some work But we'll be back at you we'll do some more of more post game shows this weekend like i said win or lose we're going to break down all these games all season long i'm not uh, a front runner okay (laughs) i'm definitely down to come on this show when they lose and yeah credit to credit to to Noah Syndergaard, too, we would be remiss if we didn't give him some credit. We did a little bit at the top of the show, made one mistake to Nemo on that changeup, left it a little up out over the plate. But for the most part, he did his job. I mean, if you look at Noah Syndergaard as a whole, he ended up going six innings, allowed two runs on five hits. The strikeout numbers weren't there like we saw in his last start. We had those eight strikeouts with the changeup, the nine with the other, forgot the other one was, but he ended up 74 pitches, 46 for strikes, gave his team a chance to win, just gave up that home run there to Nimmo, but that's going to do it. The Dodgers fall to under 500. A wild game today at Dodgers Stadium. The bottom of the lineup continues to struggle. The bullpen continues to not come up in big spots. The offense just not getting it done, but go Lakers like Carl said, and hopefully the Dodgers can get back to their winning ways, but see you guys next time. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell, and if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And Until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. Bring them home.